Welcome to Ignite Your Confidence for women in leadership who want to speak up and stand out. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Here you'll get all of the tips and tools that you need to stand out with unshakable confidence. Let's jump in to today's episode. Okay, everybody, this is going to be a fun one because I met Laura last year, 2022. What year is it? I know. What year is it? And I loved the connection from the moment that we got on that call. And I said, oh my goodness, let's let's do this podcast thing. So Laura, please tell us about yourself. Well, thanks, Karen. And thank you for the conversation today. And always happy to see your face. Your smile makes me smile. And uh, it's, it's rather contagious. So I'm happy to be here. And my name is Laura Barnard. As you mentioned, I'm the founder of Breakthrough Brands. And Breakthrough is a leadership and brand building agency for women. I love it. I love it. I especially love that last part for women. For women. <laughs> you know, we're both about least. that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about how you got into it, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Uh, if I go back um, in the way back machine. So my my background um, is really as a kid, as an athlete, um, and as in college, uh, athlete and a psychology major. And I really always, for some reason, wanted to get back to this idea of kind of team sports and psychology and understanding how to bring people together, how to motivate people, why people think, act, and behave in the ways that they do. And flash forward um, into the work that we do with Breakthrough, and there's really a a lot of those same elements in the work in terms of of a collaborative approach to uh, partnering with women to help them really realize their their greatest potential um, in terms of their leadership. So Breakthrough was was really out of an idea of of applying my skill set that I had developed over the years in branding and marketing into helping something that a little had a little bit more purpose for me, which was advancing women in leadership. Yeah, that's so fantastic. And I think about when when you were a, an athlete, like, did you yeah. sit there and think at any time, oh, I want to help people with their brands? Yeah, well, it was sitting you know, as an athlete, if I, I go back, I, I had the opportunity to play basketball at Harvard University as a, as a kid from Chicago. It was kind of a crazy Amazing. dream. Um, I was, I like to tell the story about uh, my senior year being, being the captain of the team, being elected by my teammates. Um, however, I was that last kid on the bench. I was the last one to kind of, you know, check into the game. So I was not the superstar on the floor, but I was rather the leader from the bench who could kind of see and connect and communicate with others to really get the best out of them. So I really understood the role of, you know, different types of leadership, the role of communication, um, the role of, you know, uniting folks towards a common goal. And that was really th- those seeds of leadership. I think if I pull through today um, in terms of what has has blossomed with, with Breakthrough Brands is really about understanding the unique role of each leader that we work with and getting her to really see um, how she best relates with and through others uh, to make an impact. That's so fascinating that I didn't know that about you, that you were on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I brag about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's so fun about it. And so what do you think created that perspective to be different? Uh, To be different, I think for me, it was, um, you know, realizing that, you know, we each have something unique to bring to the table. And especially in in team sports, you know, you have on a basketball team, anywhere from 15 to 20 uh, young, young people, young women, right? And each of us brings a unique skill set and different abilities to the table. And not one person is exactly like the other. However, we're all united kind of towards a common goal. So it was the ability for me to, um, you know, both be self-reflective and then see in others what was making them so special, so great, and being able to orchestrate that and bring that together to bring out the greatest potential of the team. Wow. And I'm curious, going back even further for you, 
Were you thinking like as a kid, what did you want to do? Yeah, as a kid, I, I mean, I was um, this kind of sports and school obsessed kid. I'm the youngest of three. I have two older brothers. So, you know, first thing is just keeping up with the, the older brothers um, as, a, as a young, uh, young child. Um, and also with with sports, especially I, I grew up with this notion that life was an equal playing field. I was I was I was a good athlete. Um, I would get home from school, throw my backpack down, run across the street to the playground and play whatever sport was being played. Um, mostly boys, you know, it could be football, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever it was. And I entered that, that playing field with the notion that it was, was level. And I was, I was a good athlete, so I could, you know, hold my own and compete. I was picked first, you know, those, those types of things were around, uh, you know, the pecking order, if you will. But I really um, grew up with that, that notion of, uh, you know, anything was possible that the world was a level playing field. And, you know, it took me, you know, as I entered the working world, I'll say corporate America after college, I very quickly realized that that was not the case. Hmm. Uh, the world, it is not a level equal playing field for everybody, and, you know, for women, yeah. for women of color, for minorities underrepresented. Um, so we have to fight and, and collaborate and work together to make that more equal. And that's ultimately the mission of what we're doing with breakthrough brands. We're, we're specifically focused on our work with advancing women, women in leadership uh, to close the gaps that exist in representation at, at, across all industries, but really to move the needle on making it a more you know, equitable level playing field for everybody. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so, it's obviously it's so critical. And so it was, did I hear you right? That it was college that that's when you realized. Yeah, I started to, I think in college, you know, I look back, our, our coach at Harvard is uh, a legendary coach, uh, Kathy Delaney Smith. She coached yeah. at Harvard for 40 years, um, winning as coach in, in Ivy league history, any sport men's or women. So she's this, this icon um, in women's basketball, more broadly for basketball. And I know um, kind of in, in retrospect, I know this more in kind of conversations with her after the fact, but while we were playing um, on, on the court, she was really fighting behind the scenes for us for uh, for everything from the equal, equality in terms of the, the jerseys that we wore to the meals that we ate, to the buses we took to the games, to the hotels we stayed at to make sure that it was at parity with wow. the men's team. And those are Title IX um, matters that we were, you know, kind of shielded or buffered from, as she'll say, but we, we knew something was going on and we knew that we had a, had an equal experience. And that was pretty special, um, kind of given we, we had friends playing in other places where that wasn't necessarily the case and generations before us where that definitely was not the case. So we knew, um, we saw Kathy sort of as that leader fighting those kind of behind the scenes battles for us and talking to us enough about it so that we knew, uh, what to look out for, but really, you know, upon graduation and going, I went right into uh, just like, you know, I, I talk about these lemmings heading, kind of heading towards the cliff of, I have to go do these, these, this work in financial services or consulting, whatever it was that a lot of the Harvard uh, graduates are going on to do. And I entered uh, quickly into the, into the, into the banking, banking world uh, with a job with UBS right out of, right out of college. And I very quickly was, uh, was assessing the landscape there and saying, this is not, you know, there's not a lot of women in it, first of all. Yeah. And uh, there's definitely n- not enough women in, in leadership positions. And I was I was really surprised by that because I think I was I was so buffered and naive to that. I thought, you know, women should be equal represented in, in leadership as men were. But it was, you know, obviously clearly not the case even today when we have, uh, you know, only eight percent of Fortune 500 CEOs are women. So the gaps. Yeah, I was a little bit blind to them. Ignorant. Again, that kid thinking with that limitless mindset of anything is possible yeah. for women, for anybody. And then seeing really quickly that it wasn't, and then figuring out, okay, what do I do about that? You know, uh, as as a young young professional, say, but um, evolving over time to see where I could help sort of address that that those gaps. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the biggest 
well, not just what do you think, what do you see as the biggest challenge for women, particularly those that come to work with you? Sure. Um, so I, I think there's kind of think about it in two ways um, from, again, we've worked with now over a hundred women. So we have these sort of patterns and themes yeah. emerging. Um, and there's two, two big areas in one. I'll just kind of classify as internal barriers and the other is external barriers. So internal barriers facing women. Um, we've all heard the, the expression of, you know, the imposter syndrome. Um, you talk a lot about confidence. There's moments in our career where our confidence gets, gets shaken up a little bit. Um, we have self-doubt, we have negative self-talk, we have um, insidious bias and kind of these microaggressions that exist in the world around us that seep into our, our minds and, and, and then are a blocker for us internally. Think about externally, um, there, there is, there's discrimination, there's uh, policies that aren't equitable, um, there's uh, more, not just microaggressions, but active aggressions against women women's rights are under attack with all these external forces and barriers at the macro level combined with internal barriers. And, and those produce a lot of headwinds for women um, when they're trying to advance and lead. And, you know, you, you sprinkle in um, COVID, you sprinkle in all these other things, these big, uh, you know, global issues. And it's, um, it's, it's, you have things, you know, that are manifesting because of that, like great, great, great resignation or, you know, the, the, not just the glass ceiling, but these glass cliffs that people are talking about. So there's things that are um, happening uh, outside that are external headwinds that are absolutely, uh, you know, <laughs> are, are, are challenging to women. And I think, uh, are, are slowly, but surely we're trying to un- figure out how to, how to go against those and break through those. Yeah. What I'm curious about your story and thinking about, cause so many, you know, the work that I do with women, I, I, first of all, well, I'm going to go on a little tangent for a minute because I find it really interesting when I hear people talk about, well, they, this, or they, that, and I'm, I'm starting to really think about how is that? Like, I, it's never really sat well with me from the perspective of, um, you know, as a woman thinking about so much, so much of the messaging is they, as in whether it's men, society, whoever it is. And I have to admit, just full disclosure, I'm I'm still sort of playing with that in my mind, playing with that is the wrong word, processing that because I'm such a person of what can you do to take control and who is this they, in air quotes, of that's telling us things that we can or can't do. And so I think about that as the realistic external barriers that do exist. Sure. And then really what can we do as women to speak up? Right. And because that's the thing that I hear so often is how often women with, with even with things that are in our control, we sometimes don't actually do the speaking up. Right. So ultimately, the question that I have for you is, can you tell us about a time that you wish that you had spoken up, but you didn't and how you might replay that? Yeah, well, I think you you've hit you've struck a chord here. I think that this idea of, of speaking up um, is something we really focus in on and coaching, you know, both individual women kind of one-on-one basis and then in, in our group workshops, we talk a lot about this um in the context of being a bold leader. And a bold is an acronym that we use um to kind of organize our thinking, our frameworks. We talk about being brave, being outspoken, being lucid, and being distinct. And the outspoken one is is really, really important. Um and it's not just being the loudest or shouting out. It's it's kind of knowing what where where is your line in the sand, so to speak, and what are you willing to speak up for? What are you willing to stand up for? And then how do you articulate yourself in a way that's um, relevant and resonant with the audience? Right. It's again, it's, you don't have to have 
um, the, the loudest voice to do that. So I think back um, for, for myself personally in times where, um, you know, I, and not to be um, overly full of, of pride, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually proud to say I, there have not been times where I have not spoken up for something. Wow. Um, so now that's I, I can, amazing. I can always do more of it though, because, you know, as a, as a gay woman um, married to my wife, you know, of, of many, many years, so I've been out, you know, out for um, most of my life now. It's hard to <laughs> crazy to say I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> I, I had to learn pretty early on to speak up for myself um, and speak up for others that could, didn't have a voice, um, particularly with as it relates to LGBTQ mm-hmm. matters. So there's been um, I, dozens of instances in my life where I've had to speak up either within a leadership team concept uh, co- uh, construct or um to uh, groups of people or individually where, where, you know, if something was, was not fair or unjust, um, sp- particularly relative to this, to this group, uh, you know, this, of which I'm a member, um, I, I've been proud that I've been able to speak up and speak out and, and encourage others to do the same. That's amazing. That is such a rare thing that <laughs> most I'm, people can't I'm say kind that. Of just not af- I'm not afraid anymore. So I, I, I was, amazing. Was a, so, yeah. okay. So that implies there was a time where you might've been yeah. Would you yeah. be willing to share sure. that just yeah. for those think, listening think, that are yeah. in that spot? No, I think back, um, you know, there was, uh, you know, after graduating from college and kind of those, the first, uh, really the first that back to those, the, the banking days, right. Those, the, the first job I took out of college, um, I was not out at work. And I okay. basically, I thought that would be a deterrent for me, um, in my career and, you know, it didn't feel comfortable. It was a very, um, straight white male environment, probably ninety five percent kind of checked that box, and I I struggled um, both professionally and personally because I, I could not bring who I was uh, to to what I was doing every day. It was really kind of cordoned off, separate, and um, I you know I think I did did the work long enough. I, I was proficient at it, but I, there was no way that I was ever going to be able to thrive and survive and um, sort of uh, you know be myself in that environment, and that was. I look back at those, you know, two years of, it wasn't even a job that I would say I didn't like. It was, it was, it was really brought me down and I, I had to wow. get out of that and sort of reinvent um, myself and kind of really hone my, my own identity with, with the help of my, my wife, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Um, but really for me, like a reset was, was going back to um, back to get my business degree, get my MBA and re, you know, kind of, I had to, had to make a decision in that recruiting process, uh, getting my MBA at the university of Chicago, you know, it's not as simple as check the box or you're going to be out or not, but you really have to, you do self-identify right. um, by way of the groups that you associate with. And when you interview, um, do you leave these important aspects of your, of your life out of the interview or do you put them in? And I made the choice um, during those internship interviews that, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is me. And it was, you know, think back early two thousands, this is still, um, you know, we, we've, we've evolved so quickly as it relates to that uh, topic for, for, you know, LGBTQ rights and, and, and acceptance, but it was, it was a little bit controversial, I'll say at the time, but I knew quickly that if I was going to put that, uh, that aspect of me out there, only the companies that would respect and, and um, value that and, and have a home for uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, those were the only companies that would be a fit for me professionally. So I I was, uh, you know, looking back, I, I started my career out of business school with, um, the then Wrigley company now Mars Wrigley, it's, it's a large, uh, food and beverage or food manufacturer. Yeah. Um, they were definitely aligned from a, from a value standpoint and, and made me feel, you know, totally included, totally supported, um, in every aspect. And that was really important. And that was kind of where I, I really got my foothold as a professional and then understanding how I could help be that voice for others. Cause I, I didn't, I wasn't that voice for the previous two years. 
Wow. That's incredible. It must've taken a ton of courage. How did you get the courage to do it? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just, you, you find strength. Um, you know, you have to have the inner kind of inner fortitude, this, you know, the, the B of the bold framework is being brave, but you have to, uh, surround yourself with people who are, um, you know, not just confidants, but, but, uh, kind of your champions that help encourage you, build you up and, and, and let you, let you be you, <laughs> let you yeah. celebrate your identity and, and recognize yeah. that so having a community, um, having, you know, trusted, friends, um, partner, my partner, obviously my, my wife now, um, but having people that are close to you that kind of can support you through that. Cause you can't do that alone. Yeah, for sure. That's that's, and that's such a huge part of what you're doing for yeah. others now, which is, I think yeah. is absolutely fantastic. So I'm thinking about the women that are going, I just made this mistake. Oh, I messed up. I just made that. Can you share a mistake that you have made in your life and how you learned from that? Yeah. Um, well, I think if I think back to the the early days, um, so I started Breakthrough Brands in, in 2019 um, by myself. I was a solopreneur. Wow. Um, and I think I look back and I, I, I've, I've corrected the mistake obviously since, because we now <laughs> have a team and we're, we're, um, we, we're an organ, we're moving in from a solopreneurship to a, a team organization, right? We have, we have a team of seven. That's phenomenal. But I started off, I, I made the mistake that I, that I thought I could do this alone. Uh, um, I was, I was, I had the will, I had the skill, I was determined. I'd had this 15 year career in brand management marketing. I'd studied psychology. I was totally focused on empowering women leaders. I had, you know, everything sort of lined up the business plan, the LLC, the website, all these things. Right. And I was just like, I'm going to just, just grind and just get this work done and just grow this business and do it myself. And, um, I, you know, it took me about a year, um, and I won't say spinning my wheels, but working, working a lot, um, mm-hmm. but not, not, um, feeling like I was really progressing or building anything or, or, or even the notion of scaling something up was, was, was a foreign topic to me. So, um, I, I had to realize quickly, like assess myself, what am I uniquely, uh, talented, talented at? What am I good at strengths, talents, abilities? What can I bring to the table? What do I need? from others and then going out and finding folks who could help me sort of put those puzzle pieces together so that I could be freed up to do the things that I uniquely could do. They could do what they do best. And collectively together, we could grow something uh, much bigger than me just working one-on-one with three or four women every year. We could work with a hundred women every year and we're going to work with a thousand every year. So the idea of um, thinking bigger uh, for, you know, internally first, like what's possible. And then thinking with others to be bigger together. That was, um, you know, I am glad I realized, realized that quickly, but I, I, I almost burned myself out that first, first year and almost lost, lost faith in this, this concept of, of what we're doing, um, wow. because I had that sort of lone wolf mentality about it, but that, that was, um, you know, mistake. I'm glad I corrected. <laughs> oh, that's, well, that's good. Yes. And congratulations on yes. your success. You. And I bet you have a lot more peace. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. It's a fair different enough. Kind of, I, I'm a action sort of, I, I thrive in the chaos loop a little bit, but it's a, it's a fun <laughs> roller coaster ride. I'll say that. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, and back to that example, where did you, was there a moment when you realized I cannot do this alone that broke, uh, like, yes. I don't want to say broke you, but yeah, no, it <laughs> was. And I, I can pinpoint it because I, it was, it was the 4th of July. Um, we were, we, we try to get away for, for a few weeks every summer, but we go back out to the East coast, um, to this lovely place in Maine. It's like Aww. a sanctuary, right. For, for my, it's my wife's family's, uh, cabin and we, it's, it's a protected time. And I was, uh, enjoying the fireworks on the 4th of July. And my phone was incessantly ringing in my pocket from a, one of those 
three clients who who needed something desperately at the time for 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 a launch. Um, and I was, uh, you know, I took the call and I stepped away and I came back and I'd missed the fireworks show. And I was like, you know Aww. what, I cannot be the, the 24 seven personal brand manager for, for these, for these clients. Um, we, there, there needs to be a different way that we engage with them. It's not, um, you know, being, being that, that totally personal brand manager. What if we could, you know, again, pr- produce something that's uh, a scalable offering that we could reach more people. That's a more discreet um, you know, project, not this ongoing, never ending 24 seven retainer. Um, so I, I learned that the model that I was working with was, was not going to work, um, for my family and just for the balance, but it was that moment where I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I, I need to put some boundaries around this. Yeah. And you had three kids at the time. Yeah. we. Yeah, was, I mean, I just want to call that out head. for the yeah. audience here that's listening. Yeah. Someone had us running on the sparkler. It was dangerous now, but it was, yeah. <laughs> but you just kind of realize you have to kind of draw these, the, the draw the boundary lines and, um, you know, try to try to stick to them as best you can, but set yourself up for success in that way. Yeah. What's your favorite client success story? Oh, my, um, well, I think I, I, I talk a lot about her, um, because not just cause she's our first and most important client. I always joke, Aww. but so the, the sort of reason for being, um, for breakthrough brands and the inspiration, what was my, my Harvard coach, uh, Kathy Delaney Smith and, um, this was someone who we we didn't really we didn't have that finely honed prototype of a process you know back three years ago. But what we what we went through with Kathy um, to develop and in, in, from a discovery strategy and activation process kind of at a high level that we now work through with with our clients. Um, working with Kathy, who's someone I, I've known for you know over twenty years, but taking the time to really get to know her as a leader, not just as a mm. basketball coach, and understand. Um, you know, the, why she, why she does what she does as a profession, kind of what is the, the, the mission values, uh, purpose that's driving her, right. Um, what is the, the change in the world that she wants to see those types of things as, as her career was coaching career is ending and kind of getting, getting an understanding of her to understand, okay, what's next for you and how can we help build your brand, help you share your story, uh, not to win basketball games anymore, but to impact, uh, and empower young women at, on a different level off the court, so to, so to speak. So with Kathy, um, you know, flash forward to today, she has since retired from the game, but she's uh, doing paid speaking events. She's about to finish her book, which we've helped her wow. to develop. It's a, uh, imagine a memoir meets a, a leadership book meets a coaching book. So it's this oh. amazing, um, you know, uh, historical, but very also forward looking perspective on what it means to lead for women specifically. So uh, we've, we've got that going and, you know, I think she's just clearer on what her, her intended impact is and how to talk about it. And it was, it was a confidence thing for her. She was, you know, very confident as coach, but put her on a podium or put her on a podcast and she might yeah. be sure, but now we're getting her to be, um, you know, very much a strong voice for, for gender equity, um, for title nine advocacy, as we mentioned, she's a leadership expert. So getting her to sort of own this not new identity, but, but facets of her that were there before, but putting those out to the world. So she's was, you know, the, the inspiration I'll say for the business. Um, and then she was that first prototype, but to see where she's come in terms of, um, what she's sharing with the world, it's been really, really powerful. That's fantic. So yeah. great. And you should have, well, her, you could have her on your next podcast. I was just going to say, she's a great, yeah, she's I like think the that easiest a... person to talk to. So oh. if, you can, if you can understand her Boston accent, um, that's the only, <laughs> only challenge. So. Love it. Well, yeah. two things before yeah. we wrap up, great. what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? And what is the best piece of advice you would offer? Great. To women? Um, 
so yeah, I think I will, you know, my father's voice is in my, my head um, of the advice. And I, I didn't understand the advice as a kid so much as I do now as, as an adult, but um, you know, ask, you'll get what you want, but be careful what you wish for. So that was kind of a riddle almost to me as a kid. Like, you'll get what you want, but be careful what you wish for. So this idea of being clear on what is it that you want in the world? Um, and, but being also very intentional to say, you know, I don't, to, to want to be rich, so to, to or something like that doesn't, there's gotta yeah. be some, some substance to it. And you have to be cautious because we have, our time is limited, right. And we have to prioritize our life. So be, be intentional about what you want to go after and make sure that, that it's, it's the, it's, I'll say the right thing for you, the right thing for your family. Um, and it's, it's motivated by, you know, good, good intent. Um, and I think the advice I would give to, and we do give to, to folks that we work with, especially is, um, you know, ask for what you want, um, which is very, <laughs> it's kind of a weird translation of my dad's advice, but you gotta, gotta ask for what you want. Um, yeah. a seat at the table, a raise promotion, um, a change in culture, uh, you know, clarity on values, whatever it is that's missing that you see there within your team, your organization, your industry, um, you gotta ask for it and you gotta, you know, ask for resources to make that change happen. So just being, uh, being intentional about what you want and then being unafraid to, to ask for it. Yeah. Love it. Well, where can we find you? Well, please find me. Um, I so check out our <laughs> website, uh, breakthroughbrands.com and breakthrough is B R E A K T H R U brands.com. Um, follow us on social and I'm always, I'm my email is Laura at breakthroughbrands.com. I'm always happy to take uh, direct emails and set up quick 15 wow. minute chats with people to kind of see if what, if our resources are fit for you or for the groups of women that, uh, women leaders in your network. That's great. Very generous. And yeah, Laura, I, I, again, loved you from the moment we met. I was, we were instantly connected and I, I wish you the best at your big keynote speaking uh, opportunity tomorrow. You're going to rock it. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thanks Let so me know much. How it goes. Thanks for being here. <laughs> and that's a wrap of another episode of ignite your confidence. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Thank you so much for listening. If you love today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast faster, and it certainly helps me. If you're interested in more tips and tools around confidence, please join me over in my Facebook group called Ignite Your Confidence with Karen Laus. Remember, you too can stand out with unshakable confidence. <laughs>